I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Traders' ongoing special coverage of Survivor UK, episodes 15 and the finale. I'm Matthew, I work in TV development, and until now, I had never watched Survivor. And I'm David, and I've been covering Survivor since season one, over 23 years ago. And you can no longer say that line anymore, that you've never watched Survivor. Well... That's true. I was I was thinking I that's no longer the case. Yes. And by this point, you probably know that usually this podcast is all about the traitors, but David and I have joined forces to take a detour and cover the new season of Survivor UK. Not so new anymore. Each week, we have been giving you a new twist on covering Survivor by not just recapping the two episodes, but looking at both of them from our two very different points of view. So whether you're new to Survivor like me or a veteran of watching many seasons, we've hopefully had you covered. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, we're here. We're, we're at the end. Uh, I mean, I guess first we have episode 15. But That's let me right. tell you, judging from uh, social media, I don't know that anyone waited uh, the extra day to watch the finale because uh, by my uh, clock, you know, uh, adding the time to get between me, you know, my time and your time. As soon as episode 15 was over, spoilers started being posted on uh, on on Twitter. Um, now, when I say spoilers, you know, my viewpoint is whenever it airs in the home country, it's fair game. And it's your own fault if you're still following that hashtag or you haven't muted that hashtag and you're on social media. And in fact, I thought that I had accidentally been spoiled. It turned out I was wrong, uh, but I, I <laughs> saw a couple of tweets and I misinterpreted them and uh, thought I had been spoiled. And uh, then I was surprised when I wasn't. But yeah. uh, so it's just something people have to uh, watch out for. Yeah. I managed to 
avoid any spoilers. I, I watched both of the episodes on this Saturday night because I knew if I didn't, uh, it would inevitably be ruined for me. So yes. uh, I was strict with myself. Uh, on the other hand, this is a bit of a uh, a digression, but uh, the Strictly Come Dancing UK finals were also this weekend, both happening on BBC at the same time. I made a foolish error. Uh, I have watched uh, the whole season of Strictly Come Dancing, and normally what happens is the main show is on Saturday night, and then the final results are announced on the Sunday night. They have an extra episode. They do that for like 15 weeks during this season, until the final episode, which I didn't know. So uh, the final was actually on Saturday night. I thought it was on Sunday night. Uh, and yes, sadly, had the, the winner of that spoiled for me. Oh, see, Never but mind. that's also uh, uh, called the finals. We were talking before we started recording. You know, uh, I call this the finale, but BBC calls it the finals. The finals. <laughs> uh, so I guess it's just like Strictly Come Dancing. It's the finals. The finals, yes. Or final they, they just put yes. it all in one big episode, yes. which I they probably do that every year, and I just forgot. I was <laughs> silly, very annoyed with myself. Uh, yeah, that sucks when you're spoiled. I, I mean, you you know, I had messaged uh, Matthew when when I thought I was spoiled. I was like, ah, I think I've been spoiled. Oh no! And then I was like, oh wait, maybe I haven't. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so and when you say you messaged Matthew, you you are talking about me. Yes. Not not Matthew of Survivor, which has confused a few people on Twitter more than once saying, hold on, why is Matthew on your podcast? Yes, yes. <laughs> people think that we have great connections or I have great connections here, you know, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would post a tweet that said something like, uh, uh, you know, if you have any questions for uh, me and co-host Matthew and I used Matthew's uh, Twitter handle, Matthew J. Keeley, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, please ask. And then, yeah, so over the course of the season, that has sometimes led to some confusion. Uh, and in this case, uh, it, you know, at least one person thinking that I had accidentally spoiled them, which I mean, you, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, no and yes. But no. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and jump right into episode 15, which is a bit of a slow episode uh, for much of it, I felt like. Um, it's day 31. We open with Leilani saying she's super grateful to be there and her plan is to win. Yeah, that's not a plan. That's a dream. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe it is to her a plan. You know, it's like. My plan is to win the lottery. And it's like, <laughs> I, you know, I say that I have to tell the story now. I, I had not planned on telling this, but it just reminded me. There was someone once who interviewed for a job where I used to work. I was not the interviewer, but several other people I knew were interviewing. And this was for a government agency. And she asked at the end of the interview, they say, do you have any questions for us? And she said, yes, uh, can I still win the lottery working for the state? And they said, well, yes, you can. And she said, well, good, because my plan is to win the lottery and use those winnings to finance my uh, uh, run for a political office. <laughs> and she was absolutely serious. She was saying <laughs> this in an interview. 
Wow, that's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. My plan is to win the lottery. Okay, mm. yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what Leilani's plan was, you know, to win. Um, Although, you know, I have to say, at various points throughout these two final episodes, you know, I rolled my eyes a few times at things Leilani were saying, and I'm sure we will talk about lots mm. of them. But every now and then, I did have a little bit of fear. I thought, wait a minute. What if she actually does win? <laughs> and, and I really, especially towards the end of episode uh, sixteen, I I really did have a moment of, oh wow, me and David have been, um, laughing a little bit at Leilani at times. And what if we have to eat our words really soon? This could be terrible. But hey, yeah, I did not think that there's ever a possibility. Uh, but you know that's uh. Anything can happen. Um, just not that, thankfully. <laughs> so we hear from uh, several of the other players, including Matthew, saying he just needs to make sure he has several routes to the end because you can't gamble on just one, which is smart thinking. They get tree mail talking about getting a slice of home and sending someone to the outpost, but being careful about who goes first. They choose to send Hannah, mostly at the urging of her tight ally, Pegleg. There she finds a note saying she can have a video call with her loved ones. The catch is that there are varying amounts of time she can choose for her call, ranging from one minute to 15 minutes. But whatever she chooses removes that option for the others. So does she go with 15 minutes and say to heck with everyone else? Or is she more magnanimous? She goes with being a little nicer and picks the second highest at 10 minutes, uh, which is good. Because, like, if she had spent the first minute, nothing would have happened because she spent the first minute crying. Um, <laughs> uh, personally, I would have picked 15 minutes and then lied about it, uh, saying I had picked something else because, you know, they they don't know that there was a 15 minute there. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's why you're the survivor expert and I'm right, the, right. the idiot. I wouldn't oh. have even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, she she has... It's good also that she picked 10 minutes because she has the most relatives on this call of anyone. Uh, yes. So can you imagine if she had a sweat? It would have taken everybody just that long, you know, five minutes just to say hi. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at camp, the others are trying to guess what's happening. And as usual, Leilani just hopes it's food. Um, <laughs> Hannah comes back and tells the others what's up. Uh, she unsurprisingly picks Pegleg to go next so he can talk to his grandkids. Uh, but he uses the five minute coin so Leilani can get the 15 and he looks like Mr. Nice Guy. As if he wasn't already Mr. Nice Guy in the group. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as it turns out, his grandkids weren't even on the call. Instead, his daughter chooses this moment to break the news to him that she crashed her car. <laughs> like, why would you do that? This man is out there. He's been out there for a month. He's got his own game to worry about. And you're like, yeah, by the way, I crashed the car. It's British people. We like <laughs> to celebrate bad things. <laughs> ah, car explain, crash. No big explain, deal. That explains the royal family. Um, <laughs> wonder how many listeners we just lost there. Um, um, Anyway, Pegleg, of course, chooses Leilani to go next. She picks the 15-minute time slot. Uh, she talks to her son and a couple of friends. 
And continuing on the food uh, thing that she normally talks about, she says from now on, uh, you know, she's taking her son for chocolate and candy every week. So I, you know, I wonder how long that'll last before she realizes that's a bad idea. <laughs> exactly what I thought. I thought this this will not last. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, she's going to have to say, "Look, I was starving and I was delirious. I didn't know what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore everything I said on that yeah. island." <laughs> so hopefully, the kid has gotten at least uh, you know some some weeks of uh, chocolate yeah, out of this. A few weeks out of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, but, I, go ahead. I was surprised uh, that this island has, uh, you know, a strong enough signal to do video calls. I, I, I sort of was curious about the the, the practicalities of it. I'm sure that the uh, the big box behind everything was uh, production equipment. You know, they're probably using, you know, their own equipment to, I don't know whether it's some sort of satellite hookup or yeah, yeah. or something like that uh but um yeah actually um i i did want to say there were uh there were video calls in early u.s survivor mm-hmm. uh, like way before facetime and skype and all those things and you know at the time people were like wow a video call you know because this was like 20 years ago uh so uh, now, of course, you you do them all the time. But yes, uh, doing them from uh, the middle of nowhere is a little bit different. Um. Anyway, back. Was, at- uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I just was going to say that I was surprised that the family members didn't know what stage the competition was at. You know, they were all they were all telling them, "Oh, I'm in the right. final five. Um. Yeah, I just thought that was. Uh interesting that production hadn't told them i suppose maybe they wanted to save it so that we could see how excited they were on screen um but yeah i thought that it just made me wonder how long had they you know they must have known back home they must be you must know how long your family member is supposed to be away for and but then i guess they keep all of them there to be on right i don't know i get maybe and also there is a time of, you know, pregame where they are out there. And, you know, I'm sure that the family members don't know, okay, are they out there for, you know, three days before they start the game? Are they out there for a week before they start the game? So, yeah. uh, you know, doing the math. Uh, plus, they probably just didn't sit down and literally do the math and figure out, <laughs> okay, if it's this yeah. day and, you know, so... Uh, back at camp, Pegleg tells us his ideal final three is himself, Hannah, and Chris, uh, because Chris has burned so many bridges, and uh, and he figures it could be close between him and Hannah. While Hannah tells him she wants the same and isn't sure that she can beat him, uh, if both of them at that moment are wanting to take someone to the end who could beat them, at the in that time frame, it was making me really annoyed because. Everyone should want Leilani with them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, now, speaking of Leilani, she returns with a big hug for Peg Leg and sends Matthew, while Chris tells him to take the three minutes and he'll take the one minute. Uh, Matthew does indeed, and it goes by quickly. Uh, Chris heads out to get his minute. He notes that he travels a lot and is away from home for sometimes six months at a time, so he's more used to it, and he talks very quickly to his mom. It's like, uh, Mom, final five. Here I am. Love you. 
go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it made me wonder, hmm, why is he away from home for six months at a time? And I've sort of pieced some things together. I thought, okay, he goes away for six months at a time. He, we saw some clips of him wearing his leopard print shirt and singing at a bar. I think maybe Chris works on like cruise ships. Oh. That, that, like he's an entertainer. That sort of seems like a logical. I mean, I know he's an entertainer. Uh, I, yeah, I, cruise ships didn't occur to me. I just figured he was on tour or something, but cruise ships would, <laughs> would make sense, you know? Um, on tour. On tour. Sure. Let's yes. call it that. Well, hey, you know. <laughs> um, so I wasn't sure where you were going when you were talking about what he was wearing because he's now selling a calendar too. So <laughs> he is. I've I've spotted that on Twitter. Yeah. In fact, you know who he sent a copy of his calendar to? Doug. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug has posted on Instagram uh, a story of him holding his Chris calendar very happily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I also wanted to mention in U.S. Survivor. Up until COVID, there would usually be actual family visits where they would fly uh, loved ones out there. Yeah, I remember you said this. Okay. And uh, so um, I don't know if they didn't do it here because there's still, you know, COVID precautions or because, you know, the budget it would take and, and everything else. Um, so I, I think that, you know, some, well, not I think, some International versions have gone back to bringing out the the actual relatives, whereas U.S. Survivor has not. Uh, and so it's a you know combination of ways people are handling it. Yeah, I mean, my guess, based on what I've heard, is that it was a tricky production uh, and a very expensive production. So mm-hmm. if there, I guess if there was any opportunity to do something less difficult and less expensive they they would just take it at that point kind of like the immunity idol (laughs) Uh, (laughs) idol. (laughs) (laughs) all right well day 32 arrives and leilani the brilliant strategist tells us there are no alliances anymore uh yes leilani there are you just aren't aware of them because you haven't (laughs) been aware of them them the entire and yeah (laughs) haven't recognized them the entire season uh She feels she has to vote out Peglegger Hannah, which surprises me because last week when we were making our predictions, I said it would be difficult for Chris and Matthew to flip her against Peglegger Hannah. Uh, and I think you agreed, as I recall. Yeah. Um, but I guess not so difficult after all. And this is so this is one thing I am not fond of, where you see a person's personality and it's a certain way all along and then suddenly, boom. It flips and we're given no indication of why it just happens. And it's like, come on, there must have been something telegraphing that along the way. But I, with Leilani, who knows? But just in general, I mean. Yeah, I know I will. I will talk more about it when we, we get mm-hmm. to tribal council, I'm sure. But our predictions about Peg Leg, yes, were completely um, dissolved. And I well, was your predictions. My my I predicted they oh, would sorry. get rid of him. That's that's you did. You yes, I, I was peg leg all the way. Uh and I, I realized when I was watching the episode, I don't think it had even occurred to me last week. What what hadn't come into my calculations was that they were there would still be an immunity idol or, or necklace in play mm-hmm. 
each of the final two episodes, I thought, I think in my head, I thought, oh, we're done with that now. We're at the end. And then I didn't realize, oh, there's still someone who's going to escape um, being able to be voted out each episode. And that could be Chris. And it was mm-hmm. Chris both yes. times. Um, so I just, I, I just hadn't even sort of recognized that that could happen. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, not to jump ahead, uh, but I do think Chris would have been safe anyway. I don't think he needed to win either of these um, because I think people, including like Pegleg said, said viewed Chris as having burned all his bridges. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. I think they knew. And, and I guess it turned out this way that the jury were never going to let him win anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, did it make it easier for certain people like Hannah to say, well, we're jumping ahead here, but uh, I, I think that Chris winning, you know, narrowed the choices such that certain people couldn't be as upset when someone turned against them. It's like, well, I would have voted for Chris, but he was immune. So I guess I've got to vote for you. Uh, and uh, and of course, him winning prevented someone else from winning. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Leilani says she wants Peg Lang and Hannah out because she doesn't have a chance of winning against them. Uh, wait, hold it. I'm, I'm getting a news flash here. Uh, Leilani, you don't have a chance of winning against anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and again, True. all these were typed before the outcome here. So all these True. notes were typed. <laughs> Poor Leilani. We, Poor Leilani. We have roasted her this entire podcast series. I'm so sorry if she's listening. I say we. It's mostly you. It's mostly me. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you're the, you're the uh, nice British guy. You know. <laughs> um, so anyway, Matthew tells us it would be an advantage to have Chris in the final three because the jury doesn't like him, like we were just saying. Hannah says having Leilani there would be good because, quote, I don't think she's played the greatest game. That is like an understatement <laughs> of the season there, Hannah. Um, yeah. uh, Chris tells us Pegleg is pe- playing hard and is a big threat to win, so he wants Pegleg out. Uh, time for the immunity challenge. As Joel is asking questions beforehand, Pegleg says they're all there because they're strong players and everyone's a threat. See, this is why people say he's a nice guy. I could have never <laughs> said that about Leilani and kept a straight face. He is a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the challenge itself is to solve a block puzzle while a ball rolls down what they call a pinball table. I would call it a, uh, I'm not sure the word, but it's a, a table with nails in it. So I guess technically it's pinball type table. Um, and they, if they catch the ball in time, they can throw it back up, uh, keep working on the puzzle. If not, it falls into a series of ramps and they have to wait for it to go to the end, which is basically a time penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this goes on for a little while. Leilani is the first to claim to be done, but it's not even close. I mean, <laughs> there are all the pieces are in it, but they don't look like anything. <laughs> um, uh, Hannah tries, but Joel says she's wrong, too. Uh, Chris seems to have a revelation, but his ball hits the ramp, so he's stuck. Once it's done, he has it almost done, but then it happens again. So he is delayed a bit longer, but he finally gets it finished and wins. Uh, okay. And so 
Uh, it turns out that uh, Hannah's puzzle was so close, but she it, it's a two sided puzzle and yeah. she just had her top three pieces facing the wrong direction. Yeah, I I couldn't even tell, even though they sort of highlighted that top yeah. row, I, I actually couldn't see what was wrong with it. Uh, so I guess it was a small detail, and then Joel explained. Yeah, and Joel was giving hints, too. It's like, everything must line up exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, he's <laughs> telling you what to look at there. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, well, for, I have two questions. Well, a point and a question. My point is, uh, I thought it looked really difficult. I mm-hmm. thought I could see myself just giving up <laughs> after two minutes and going, I'm never going to do this. Why bother? Uh, my, my question is, my question I've asked at almost every challenge mm-hmm. throughout the season, is this a thing? Does, oh, is, do yes. you, you kind of recognize this? Uh, I we, we have seen the time puzzle thing like that before. I cannot remember exactly where. Uh, but we've definitely seen it before where you have to do the puzzle and then the thing and the ramp and everything else. Uh, and yeah, that puzzle definitely was difficult with the spirals in the center and, and everything else. Uh, yeah. uh, and just having to focus your attention in two different places mm-hmm. uh, like that. Like as soon as you think you've got something, you got to go back and grab the ball. And and so, uh, you know, Chris, of course, had the best looks on his face as he, you know, as you know, he was just having revelations. And so that's uh, because he's a cruise ship entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. He, he could be. He could be. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, after that, Hannah and Leilani talk with Hannah saying peg leg is well liked. And Leilani saying the Calatons on the jury will hate Matthew because he screwed them over. Meanwhile, peg leg tells Chris he thinks the Calatons uh, will vote for him because he's one of them. Uh, and we'll, we'll vote for Matthew, sorry, uh, because he's one of them. So they stand a better chance against each other than against him. I don't buy that for a second. And I think Chris also makes the important point that Matthew would be a likely vote for him to win if he's sitting in the jury. Uh, they both agree that Leilani isn't trustworthy And if you're a month into the game and still acting like you don't know what's going on, you need to figure it out. They're assuming she's just acting like she doesn't know what's going on. But the way Chris talks about it to us, he appears to almost be back on board with the idea that she does actually know and is playing well. Yeah. She's I, not, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've left him speechless. Yeah. <laughs> or Chris has left him speechless. One or two. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So we head to tribal council. Uh, heading in, I'm expecting Pegleg to go. Uh, and I think that was almost obvious. Yeah. I, I just, it, it, it does become obvious, and I knew that was going to happen. I just underestimated the players. Mm-hmm. And and when we talked about this in the last episode, and I was saying Peg's going to win, I I just yeah I just I didn't think from what I've seen all season that r- the the contestants are really strategic or ruthless enough to mm. do that. But so I was quite surprised actually in this episode when they do recognize oh he's very likely to win. He's popular and everyone likes him and he's a nice guy we should just get rid of him now. I just yeah. didn't think they had it in them to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the smarter thing to do. I just right. didn't. Yeah, I just, 
I haven't seen them. I know, and I know they've they voted it like Doug and Tanuki. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I, I suppose I didn't know if they saw Pegleg the way we see him as a viewer, but it turns out they they do. Right, so. right. Uh, but before they actually do, they they arrive at tribal council and Joel spends too much time talking about the challenge uh, before moving into him slowly explaining how the rest of the game will go, which I understand. I, I, I mean, I do get it. He's not really explaining it to them. He's explaining it to the viewing audience. Yeah. But it just seems like he's talked about this before. <laughs> Yeah. So what did you what did you think of him doing it? Did you think it was too much or did you appreciate him going through the steps? Uh I kind of appreciated it and I couldn't help but notice at that as he's explaining here's how you win. Uh there's a shot of Leilani sort of looking at him and listening. And I thought she might as well just volunteer to leave now. (laughs) I I sort of thought maybe she was listening to him going, oh, I actually have no chance of winning. Why bother continuing at this point? Uh, And I guess also when Joel explained, here's what's going to happen now, it clarified something that you had suggested a while back, that there there is no runner-up prize uh mm. like you i guess you said in us survivor you can win money yes. yeah so that that just won't be a thing here which uh which i would have expected but um it, it made me know for sure so what made you say that i i didn't catch anything that indicated there's no runner-up prize well just that just the, the fact that it wasn't there the the omission of it i thought if if that was the case he will say it but, but the fact that he just didn't mention it whatsoever i thought oh okay I, I mean i don't know i guess at some points people talk about the runner-up prize on u.s survivor but usually it's focused on win the million dollars uh and rarely do they say or get second place for a hundred thousand um so uh so yeah i guess i wasn't thinking that but it you know based on what you said it wouldn't surprise me if that's uh if that's the case um so anyway after after that uh, they finally talk a little about the upcoming vote, but not much of interest is said that we haven't already heard. Uh, there's a bit of discussion about separating emotions from the game and how someone could be voted out uh, for being too good because they're a threat. Hmm. Uh, Pegleg talks up his game in a way that makes me cringe because he's giving them more reasons to vote him out. Uh, I mean, I I think that was set anyway long before that. Uh, and But for... You know, if you know you could be a target, don't sit there and say, and here are all the reasons I'm a good target because I could win. And here's why I could win. Yeah. Um, and then he even says he would have voted Chris today if he could have, which is another thing. It's like, why? Why are you telling him that? Uh, it's quite possible that they all told him ahead of time that he was being voted out and so that none of this was a surprise to him and that's why he decided to pitch his case now because he knew he wouldn't have a chance in the future um because i could see actually hannah saying to him you know pulling him aside and saying look peg leg we don't have a choice uh the other three are going to vote you out anyway so i'm going to vote also to uh, make it look good and there's nothing you can do and i'm really sorry um and plus that would earn his you know, that would assure his vote if she made it to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I could definitely see that as a possibility. Is that something that 
happens on US Survivor. People, especially yeah. at this stage, just being blatantly honest with one another. I'm going to vote for you. Uh, sometimes, even throughout the game, uh, sometimes people are too honest too early and it comes back to bite them. But okay. yeah, in a situation like this, especially if you're tight and you know that person is going, it's like, hey, just so you know, you're going. I don't want you to be blindsided or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So. So it is time to vote. Uh, and, uh, you know, Chris votes Pegleg because he's a threat. Pegleg votes Matthew and says it's because he can't vote Chris and doesn't want to vote for either of the women. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I just I just wrote, why not? <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't want to. Um, and that's all we see. So we already know the outcome. Uh, as Joel reads it, uh, one vote for Matthew and three for Pegleg. And Doug yes. looks very sad in the jury. I did notice they focused on him. Yeah, yeah. Completely ruining my winner's prediction last week. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> um, so do you have any thoughts or questions about this episode before we move on to the finale? I have a thought uh, connected to the video calls home. Okay. Just as I was watching, I sort of thought, I I, I understand they've, they've been isolated for mm-hmm. a month and they want you, you have a natural desire to speak to people back at home and a lot of them are saying oh i just i just want to know that everything's okay and 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 all of the phone calls Mm -hmm. the people back home would say oh everything's fine we're all okay and i sort of wondered surely you kind of don't you kind of know everything back home is okay because i would assume if anything had happened at home like um, someone had died or someone was really ill i assume production would tell the contestants Maybe it depends if the family told them and or not. So there was a U.S. survivor season where a player's son uh, had to have and I could get this wrong. uh, It was a serious medical procedure. Um, And I think that, you know, the player knew something like this could happen while he was gone but didn't expect it to. Okay. Uh, but it needed to happen. Production came out and got him, and he immediately said, okay, I'm out of here, and left. Um, uh, in other cases, um, you know, there have been two different players who came out in different seasons while their moms were uh, dying of cancer. Okay. Uh, and in one of them... Uh, This player, she had already won her first season. She was there for a a returnee season. And she felt uh, uh, early in the game, she was like, I I just feel like my mom isn't doing well. I need to to get back and see her. And so she did, and she was right. I mean, obviously, she must not have been doing well before she left. Uh, And so she left the game because of that. People wondered, did production tell her, hey, you really should go? Yeah. I don't think it's ever been confirmed that she was. And I think she has maintained to this day that, no, it was just a bad feeling that she had. Um, The other one won his season. uh, And actually, one of the things that helped him win was a family visit from his brother who said, Mom is doing okay. She's, you know, one thing that's keeping her going is rooting for you. 
Um, you know, we were out walking around the block today. And so she she's doing OK. When he won. Basically, Survivor Production got him onto a jet immediately, flew him home, uh, and he got there just in time to see his mom before she passed away mm -hmm. uh, and tell her, yes, I won. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so could any of those things have caused someone to leave earlier? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there were other situations like that would have caused someone to, I feel like there's one that I'm forgetting where there was another family health issue, but I, I can't remember the details, but it, it just really does depend on like what the players and the families agreed to ahead of time. Sure. Um, like, will you tell me or will you just let me play? Cause there's nothing I can do about it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and those are decisions that, families make all the time you know i at one point uh had a serious health scare and i waited until i knew that i was okay before telling my father anything because i didn't want him worrying now was yeah. he happy with me about that no he was not <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> um but you know I, so yeah it it just it, it it's a depends type situation um and so, yeah, that's why I was, you know, kind of uh, making fun of uh, Pegleg's daughter telling him that she crashed the car. It's like, <laughs> no, why would you tell him that? Don't, don't tell him that. He's trying to play a game here. Are you saying that that's the reason Pegleg lost? Yes, that's it. That's, that's the reason right there. He got distracted. He got distracted. It threw he, him off his game. He couldn't win that uh, immunity <laughs> challenge because he was thinking about the car. <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else before we head to the finale uh no i think we're we're ready to okay. go right into it all right well we hear from each of the final four to start with which is pretty typical uh with chris's statement striking me the most as he said i am a worthy winner i have played an amazing game uh the rest just you know said generic stuff as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh, then it's day 33 and Chris says Hannah has been all over the place Leilani wants Hannah out which you know I'm thinking really they're telegraphing the next vote already um, <laughs> I mean not that it took much telegraphing I don't think uh, Leilani tells Matthew that they were the only two people who stuck to their word right after she right after uh, we heard her say she wanted Matthew in the final three with her because he screwed over the other Calatots uh, and then she continues that she kept her word with Lawrence, Tanuke, and Nathan. Now, he isn't fond of what she said, as he relates it to Hannah later. And it really was just a strange thing for Leilani to say, except that she's Leilani. Yeah, it was a strange conversation that I had to watch twice. Because, <laughs> yeah, at first she, she says, you and me are the only two people who've kept her word but then I think she immediately says, oh, except for the time that you voted out people that you were your friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought, is she, what is she doing? I don't know if she was trying to mess with his head or something. I, I don't know what was going on. There. I, I mean, I don't think she was. I mean, I know that, that Matthew wasn't happy about it. Like I said, as he talked to Hannah and they were analyzing it, it's like, oh, what are you screwing with us? I think that's just Leilani. Like, it, she forgot. You know, it didn't occur to her that... 
it's like, oh, we stuck to our words. Yeah, we're great people. I, in a way, I, at the time, I obviously didn't know this. In a way, it's kind of telegraphing the end where it's like, oh, you're such a nice guy that I forgot you screwed us over. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So or if not forgot, at least forgave. Yeah, um, yeah. But but anyway, uh, they get tree mail. Uh, Chris does a dramatic reading of it. Now, why do you think he would do a dramatic reading? Is it because? <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Um, it's because he's become, yeah, I said this last time, Chris has become more and more dramatic and camp and hammy and Welsh as every episode has gone on. I swear, I didn't know he was Welsh for the first few episodes, and now he has the Welshest of Welsh accents. Um, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch. I Okay, I didn't catch that it was a Welsh accent. Um so when you say he's become more Welsh, what does that mean? I just, I, I just his accent. He just has a very oh, pronounced okay. Welsh accent. That's all. <laughs> to me, okay. Um, I can't tell where all these different accents are from. So you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, I could get the Scottish. I uh, Matthews. I got you know somewhat where it was from. Um, uh, Lee's Irish, obviously. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, some of them, it's just like, um, generic you know, British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like when I'm watching Dr. Who and, you know, the very, the very first episode of the rebooted Dr. Who and, uh, he he comes up and and, uh, Rose says to him, where are you from? And he says, I'm, you know, from, from Gallifrey or whatever, and, or from another planet. And she says, you sound like you're from the North. And he says, lots of planets have a north. Uh, so so uh, I guess the north of England somewhere is what she was saying. It's weird because the accent that David Tennant puts on for Doctor Who is also not a northern accent at all. So strangely. Well, no, that wasn't that wasn't David Tennant. This was uh, before David Tennant, the original uh the original reboot. oh christopher eccleston christopher, yes, he, yes he is from the north yes he yes is, he is. Sorry. Um, I, thought, I thought you meant euros <laughs> pardon i thought you meant neuros oh new rose new rose no you meant uh, no, original meant rose original okay. rose yes uh <laughs> original anyway. rose original new doctor ori- yes yes <laughs> confusing uh, we, yes um all right well uh, after tree mail and after our slight Doctor Who tangent, uh, the, <laughs> the players are off. Uh, I already know what this challenge is going to be from the previews. Uh, hand on the idol. Now, a version of this type of challenge, to jump ahead to your question, <laughs> has been done in all the English-speaking versions of the show, as far as I know, starting way back in the first U.S. Survivor. Okay. Um. Having smaller pegs to stand on and the idol and the ring uh, will probably shorten up the time frame for it because otherwise it could go on and on and on. And when I say that, you already know how long this is going. So imagine now how long. Um, And look, they each get their own kindergarten arts and crafts idol. (laughs) My eye was drawn to those really... I. I... (laughs) I'll say no more. Yes, yes. Don't, uh, don't want to get in trouble. No. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Don't worry about it. 
Um, after a while, Chris has to go to the bathroom. Chris, you <laughs> should have gone. <laughs> yeah, yes, you should have gone before you left, man. Come on. <laughs> so yes, he just he lets it go, and this apparently makes the peg slippery because he almost loses it right then and there. Yeah. Uh, and and that was only like after a little over an hour. It's like really, come on, man. Um, yeah, I guess that was his way of. He, I mean, he just knew. I'm not giving up. I'm going to be here a long time. Might as well do it now. Right. Um, At the two hour mark, Joel asks who has more in the tank and who is running on empty. I mean, we already know Chris emptied his tank. So well, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, a few minutes later, Hannah accidentally moves her hand off the idol and is out. Uh, Chris nods at Matthew as if to say we're good now. Uh, At the three hour mark, it looks like Leilani still hasn't even moved. And remember, yeah. she, I mean, she does a lot of yoga. So this seems to be right in her area of expertise. Uh, she says she's saving for moving for later. But there's no later for Matthew as he falls off. At the four-hour mark, Leilani finally moves a little, but that's about it. At the five-hour mark, Joel is tired of this and <laughs> has them each lift their right leg so all the weight is on just one foot, which is just one pet. Yeah, I I wondered if this was planned. I wondered if they didn't think it would go on nearly as long as this. And so, you know, some producer says, right, we're going to have to, we can't, because you you can see the light changing. It is getting dimmer. Yeah. They can't go on into the night. So they they must have had to go, right, how do we shorten this? Like, make them stand on one leg. I suspect that, I mean, because I know some of production has been involved in previous survivors before. And so I suspect they knew that they would have to do this. I feel like it's something that's been done before. And it's like, okay, we're going to need to shorten this up here. Um, So uh, a little later, Leilani goes down in such a way that they call in the medics. Uh, But she's okay. And Chris wins. And I'm not sure why (laughs) she went down. Like, did she slip? Or did she pass out? I couldn't tell which it was. I I don't think she passed out. I think she just sort of slipped, and because her f- feet were so sore, uh, she I think she just went right onto her back, and mm-hmm. and po- I think she hit her head, or they were worried she hit her head. Right. And so I th- I think they just sort of were being very cautious. Okay. Yeah. But she seemed to be. You know, yeah. She was. She was answering them and saying, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay." Yeah. Uh, they should have said to her, "Okay." Okay, we need to see if you're okay. We need to ask you some questions. Do you think you can win Survivor? Yes. <laughs> oh, she's she's concussed. Get her out of here. Um, <laughs> and they'd be like, no, no, that's the normal she's answer. Say- yeah, she's been saying that all along. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once, uh, gosh, who was it? Uh, one of my family members had some sort of incident where they thought they had hit their head or or something like that. And they took them to the ambulance and they asked them what year it was. And it was like January of the next year. And they gave the wrong answer. <laughs> you know, just kind of like when you write your checks, sometimes you forget. I mean, I know nobody writes checks anymore, but um, uh, so they were like, wait, no, I know that. I know that it's wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> an easy mistake. Yes. Um, so Joel, because of the, you know, them losing light, as you mentioned, sends them directly to tribal council. Uh, Chris talks about maybe wanting Matthew in the jury again, but it's pretty clear that's misdirection because there's no way he wants Hannah in the final three with him. Um, they arrive and the jury, as the jury comes in, 
several of them give Chris thumbs up for winning immunity again, which in my mind at the time boded well for him. It's like, oh, look at them. They're happy for him. Yeah, I, I noticed that I had funny feelings about this. As soon as he won the challenge, my first thought was, I think this makes him less likely to win because I thought the jury would be less likely to vote for someone to win who'd had immunity three times. Like, I wondered if they wouldn't really admire that and they would think, oh, he got here because, not not luck, but he's here because he won challenges, mm -hmm. not because he evaded the vote any other way. Uh, so I, I, just, I just thought, actually, this is a bad thing for Chris to keep winning immunity. But yeah, Doug... Doug seems to really like Chris, so he's sort of yeah. yeah giving him a big thumbs up and smiling. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because uh, so uh, from your standpoint, that's the opposite of what I was thinking. Because a lot of people who are not huge Survivor fans, when they get there, they overvalue challenges, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same is true in uh, even more in U.S. Big Brother, uh, where they're like, wow, they won lots of challenges. They were really playing the game. No, the challenges are not the game. The challenges are a part of the game, but they are not the game. Um, but there have been people who have, you know, basically beasted their way to the end by winning the challenges. And people have been like, OK, well, you kept yourself safe one way or another. You deserve it. So. Yeah. Uh, so it really just depends on the jury in that case. Uh, as the players start talking, Leilani gives some vague answers, but Chris decides he's going to become a better questioner than Joel and, <laughs> yeah. and presses her to ask who the biggest threat is and why she, you know, tries to avoid it, but he keeps pushing. She says it's Hannah and she explains why Hannah tries to defend herself by saying just being liked doesn't mean she'll win. I mean, she's right generally, but nobody is going to believe that applies here specifically. Yeah, and I I thought this it created a really interesting scenario when when Leilani basically revealed she's going to vote for Hannah. Mm -hmm. I so I I wondered if and my immediate reaction was oh what an idiot this is terrible, but then I thought well, maybe it's a good thing that she's made it so obvious because it it lets Matty and Chris. I'm now calling him Matty because they yes. call him Matty and yes. I feel that I'm friends with him. So <laughs> it lets them know what to do. You know, they, they obviously realize, well, Leilani's just told us what she's doing. We might as well vote for Hannah as well and get her it. So mm -hmm. I sort of thought maybe Leilani revealing this actually was for the best, sort of, for, you know, for those three. Yeah, I mean, I think they were all voting Hannah anyway, but I think that yeah, I think probably. Chris wanted to just make sure and get it out there um especially since he's been annoyed at leilani's evasiveness throughout the entire series uh, so yeah. um i also think he was auditioning to replace joel if they have you know another <laughs> so. i can see uh, that <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it would be fun nothing against joel but you know uh I, I mean nothing against joel but chris did do a better job of asking questions um <laughs> So Joel asks Chris about his game, and Chris says he's heard people say he's had a lot of luck. But how could it be luck when he wins challenges and plays an idol and does other things? Um, and, I mean, he's right. I don't know where he's heard people say he's had a lot of luck. Um, I mean, maybe people have said it. They're trying to downplay him. It's possible. Um, and then he says it's 
interesting if you get to the final and say, I really didn't know what was going on. Doing a very good Leilani imitation. Yes, that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and she realizes that was about her and says she's there on her own merit and it wasn't just luck. Well, first of all, it most certainly was because otherwise she would have been voted out way back when a twist saved her. So, yes, there was definitely luck involved. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, it wasn't luck so much as being the absolute lowest threat. Um, so time to vote and for Joel to read them. Uh, Leilani, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. Uh, so as I figured, Hannah is out and our final three is Chris, Matthew and Leilani. Pegleg looks gutted in the jury when Hannah is voted out. That's his buddy. Yeah, yeah. And plus, now he has to vote for now he has to vote for one of the other three. Yeah. Um. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So day 34, the final day, dawns. They find a basket filled with food and drink. Go ahead and ask it. Well, <laughs> you've 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 gone ahead. I wasn't even oh. ready for that. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it, since it wasn't the end of an episode, I just I just kept going. Sorry. <laughs> we we had some little recaps of each person's journey. Oh along yeah. The way. <laughs> Are you were you bored of that bit? Yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, well. Two things I noticed in these little recap scenes, um, but you and, and you said this to me in an earlier episode. You can really see how much weight they've, particularly Matthew, looks so different. He's he's oh god, yes, physically yeah. transformed. Um, it was really I, I know it makes sense. They've been there for a month on rice mm. and beans, but it's uh, quite scary how much yeah. uh, how much weight he's lost. And Leilani. And her little recap segment says something I, I was sure you would have picked up on this. She said, to be honest, it doesn't really surprise me that I've outwitted, outplayed and outlasted the others. <laughs> and I thought, outwitted? Come again? <laughs> oh, oh, those. OK, I thought that I have in my notes. Sorry, I have that after breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry. It no, may have been see, interspersed. It's... It may have been interspersed with breakfast. So we just, because uh, we, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I do have that in my notes. Wait, okay. where is that? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I jumped ahead. Oh, no. I was, I was just too excited. To you're talk too about excited. It. Well, okay, let me. So, hey, But breakfast, is breakfast a thing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. I'm surprised you asked. Um, 
<laughs> yes, uh, we typically call it the final three breakfast. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, typical. They seem very surprised by it, which I mean, yeah, because they don't really know what happens. Um, so, yes, that, then we hear or maybe before we hear from them. Uh, Matthew says he's a worthy competitor. He fought in challenges. He needs to show he deserves it. Being the baby of the group played to his advantage as people looked after him. He's made big moves, flipped alliances to make sure he was on the right side of every vote. Every name he's put down has left, uh, which is, a, you know, a big, important factor. And uh, uh, actually just reading this in my notes, I remember as I wrote this, ooh, I have to mention this when I do my mini uh, Why Matthew One video, which I already posted before we started recording this podcast. So I did not put that in there. But, hey, they're mini for a reason. They don't have everything. <laughs> That's why I tell people in there, listen to this podcast for the full review. Yes. Um, yes. Leilani says she's pushed herself to the limits, played a good social game. And as you said, she's outwitted, outplayed and outlasted. My note in response to this is, well, one of the three. Um, <laughs> is it the last one? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> is. Is this also the sort of slogan of Survivor to uh, this, this phrase? Outwitted, outplayed, outlast. Oh, you've got it. Okay. Yes, yes. I'm now showing him my Survivor US hat that has on the logo "Outwit, Outplay, Outlast." So yes, okay. it is. So it's not just a British no. Joel Dommett invention. Okay. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. Um, so she thinks she's underestimated. I think she's appropriately estimated. <laughs> um, and she says she deserves to win because she's a single parent in real life. Which shows she still doesn't understand how this all works. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 that's you're a single parent, and that's great that you're, you know, you're trying to provide for your son, but that is not a reason for vote to vote for you in this game. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Chris says he's been a target for as long as he can remember. People have wanted him out, but he's stayed in. He's played a much better game than the other two. He's won practically every single reward, and he feels he deserves to win. All right, so we head to final tribal council from there. And Joel gives what is a, a very typical, usual speech to the final three, pretty much word for word from what I'm used to hearing in all the different series. He also says that to this point, the jury has remained silent, but now get to address the finalists. And I'm immediately like, excuse me? Are we really still ignoring Lee being definitely not silent? <laughs> I mean, like he literally says, the jury has been silent. You showed us Lee talking. It was one time. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know any better. I know, but still, at least address it. I mean, they, they he's acting like it didn't happen after they, this is why I said they just never should have shown it. They, they never, ever should have shown that on TV. So anyway. The final three will each get opening statements to start, and then there are questions after that. And this is fairly typical, although U.S. Survivor has now changed it up to be more of a discussion than a question and answer. Um, and a lot of people aren't happy about that. Um, Chris begins by telling the jury why he wanted to play Survivor, saying he's always doubted himself and wanted to take this on and prove it to himself. He says he didn't come in with a strategy, but just wanted to form organic, real friendships and be himself. And for a moment, I thought he was going to be psych 
and he was imitating <laughs> Leilani again. But no, he was serious. <laughs> yeah, and I think when he said that, the the jury were kind of looking at each other like, really, yeah. organic friendships? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, and I don't. I think Chris is like a nice guy. Like, right. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I just think relationships have turned sour in this particular group of people. But he's he's, he's a nice guy. I was, oh, yeah. I was surprised to hear him talk about self doubt. And he came into the game to, you know, believe in himself more. I sort of thought, you, you seem like the most confident person <laughs> on this island. You're more confident than Joel. <laughs> well, a lot of people who have self-doubt are outwardly confident. You know, they project it to. Uh, yeah, it's true. So, so uh, he says it started to get gamey at the tribe swap when Doug and Pegleg went to Calaton and he decided to try to throw the challenge to keep them safe. But then he had a conflict <laughs> with his tribe and it didn't go well. Which, yeah. OK. And, and Lee, Lee looks desperate to intervene at that yes, moment. <laughs> yes. um, and then it got worse as his game crumbled. It motivated him more to win challenges and prove himself as the most wanted person in the game. He won three immunity challenges and survived and I now believe in myself. I really hope you believe in me. So that was a, a nice little ending there. Um, Matthew says, coming in, some people might think he was naive, and he was fine letting them think that. He tried playing with his heart, but at the merge, he had to make decisions where he lost friends, but he stands by that. Those decisions got him there. He adapted, and he came in a boy, but is leaving a different man. Uh <laughs> yeah, and... As he speaks, there are various shots of Tanuki just looking livid. And the critical, skeptical part of me thinks, well, you know, those reaction shots could be taken very out of context. Maybe she didn't really react like that when he spoke mm -hmm. at all. But actually, <laughs> as the episode then goes on, I thought, oh, no, she, she really is mad at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Leilani says, this is a brilliant, brutal, awesome game. She wanted the experience to chew her up and spit her out, but it didn't because she's still there. That takes balls, courage, and bravery. And she was always confident to vote on her own using her gut. Pause for a moment about to think about how silly that is. But was also happy to toe the line and join alliances and make up numbers. And then she pulls the mom card and says she wasn't able to win any challenges, but is hoping she can tell her son that mummy won the game. Well, you know, that's a tactic, I guess. Play, yeah. on, their, play on their heartstrings. It, what strikes me the most about Leilani is... I, so she's... I don't think she's not... Well, I'm saying she's not played... She, she has made it to the final somehow. So... No matter how much we criticize her, she's still there. But I think she she's is. suddenly, it's like she suddenly realized right at this last moment, oh, I, I, I think she's realized that she hasn't really played a game and she's heard the others talking and probably, you know, the producers are on set talking to them, right, guys, we're going into the final. You've got to give these speeches. It's like it's sort of suddenly occurred to her, oh, shit, I need to convince them that I have been playing a game this whole time and that they need to vote for me and she has adopted a completely new persona and is the, and is given all this fighting talk and, and you know that's 
that she's doing what she has to do. It's just sort of quite obviously contrived. Um, so I, I sort of, unless the jury are really sort of gullible and feel sorry for her, I thought they're not gonna believe all this and they're not gonna, well, apart from Tanuki, they're not going to really vote <laughs> for her now. Um, and what was the funniest is that she talked about you just said it. She said that she joined alliances throughout the game. I thought two episodes ago, you said that you didn't even use the word alliance. Like Joel right. mentioned an alliance, right. and she was like, "Oh, Joel, I call them friendships. Yes. You call them alliances." And now, she, now she's like, "I've had strong alliances throughout this game." No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. And the thing is. If she did realize, like you said, that suddenly she has to at least pretend she was playing the game, she didn't even do a good job of that, <laughs> you know, as we'll see as we go through these questions here. Yeah, maybe, so, our, be maybe our best bet was to, was to go, I've been pretending this whole time. Right. I, I was pretending I didn't know what I was doing, but I did. Ha ha, I fooled you. Yeah, she should have gone the Chris route or the route that Chris thought she was like, Oh, no, I've been this way the whole time. You know, I've been a gamer and you just didn't know. Um, but no, uh, we start with Tanuke asking the first question, telling Matthew. She thought she was a good judge of of character until he turned on her. But from what he said, he didn't feel his relationships could get him to the end. So does he think kindness can win? He says they had a great connection and was genuine. And she chimes in just not genuine enough. Uh he says that's not it. He just thought he wouldn't make it to the end with her and Nathan. But they should take that as a compliment that they would have outwitted him. Then he says, with him, what you see is what you get. And Tanuke fires back to say, well, that's the exact opposite of what you showed us. <laughs> um, and he used genuine friendships to build roots and get him to the finals. So, yeah, she is definitely uh, not happy with uh, Mr. Matthew here. Yeah, I, I thought she was a bit out of order I, I thought she was a bit harsh on him and i understand her feelings are hurt but i, I thought you know he, <laughs> uh, to uh, she, you know she was telling him look uh, it's i've got the power to grant someone a hundred thousand pounds and i don't i don't think you've got integrity um i, I sort of thought sh surely there comes a point you're all gonna have to vote out someone that you like mm -hmm. you know and 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 i think matty maybe said this or implied this if she had lasted in the game she would have done it to him eventually too well according but, to her and nathan they were the final three yeah so well, at least in her mind she had it already set up for him to go to the final three with her that's just wishful thinking you know you can't you're not in control of who ends up in the final three. So I mean, it depends who wins challenges and stuff. But yeah, if if they hadn't gotten rid of Chris in time, you know, and Chris had just still won those challenges, then, yeah, you know, they, they would have had to turn on each other. But then she could have rationalized it by saying, well, we had no choice. So, yeah. um, but I think that's what Matthew was saying. You would have gotten rid of me at some point, you know, for for that reason. Uh, this. And her eventual vote does disappoint me. We'll talk about we'll talk about why later, because we got a number of questions about that. Yeah. Um, Peg legs up and asks Christopher if he feels any remorse 
for the way he played and lied. Now, this annoys me immediately, as you might imagine. I like peg leg, but peg leg, it's a game. Okay. And Chris says exactly those words. He does have emotions. He is human, but it's a game. All the people he had alliances with turned on him and he was the target. So this whole thing of, do you have any remorse? Oh, come on, get over yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm completely with you. I also really like Peg Leg, but I thought, calm down. <laughs> I mean, this takes us back to like, you know, things we discussed at the Traders U.S. reunion, you know, where people were all upset at uh, at the winner of that show for daring to play the game. Uh, so and, and to keep the winning money and not share it with them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nathan tells Leilani that to him, the sole survivor should be strategic, able to adapt, etc. which I have to say is somewhat rich coming from him because. Yes, <laughs> I, I wrote this down, too. I thought. <laughs> Because I, I, I thought you just spoke quite negatively to Matthew about doing that exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, plus, when he left, you know, he was like, well, I didn't want to play the game that way. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. But it's like, uh, OK. But so that may tell us something like when Leilani's gameplay has been so non-existent that even Nathan is saying it was non-existent. That tells us something right there. Yeah. Uh, but he wants to know why someone who's been on the bench for the whole match should be the winner, uh, I, which is even a sharper jab than I saw coming from Nathan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true, but ouch. Uh, she claims when she knew she had to switch it up, she did things she didn't want to do. And Nathan asks when that was, and she says last week, causing him <laughs> to come back and note she's been playing for one week. <laughs> and she says, depends what you call playing. And it's like, sure, Leilani. Uh, you know, she claims from day one she was involved in making friendships and watching what the others were doing. And and you know, it but it's just it's just all such silliness. It is, but you know what? She <laughs> at least she gave it a go. She thought, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to win. And they've kind of got me figured out. She she kept going. She kept, she she tried to, you know, justify her. I mean, it, it's not very believable and it right. wasn't going to work, but she gave it a go. I mean, this is where we were talking about earlier. She should have, if she had an ounce of game sense, should have said, well, actually, I've been playing you the whole time. Uh, you know how Matthew always says he was naive? Well, I out naived Matthew. So <laughs> yeah, I had you all fooled, but <laughs> she just didn't have the ability to even do that. So um, which, by the way, did work on. I won't say which international. I, I, I act like I'm worried about spoiling it. It happened like <laughs> seven or eight years ago or something. You know, there was an international season where a woman was viewed as not having really played. And then she got to the very end. And at the end, she just claimed control of everything. And and between just the forcefulness that she used to claim control and the fact that so many people didn't like uh, the person she was up against because it was just a final two, she won. And people were like, <laughs> what the hell just happened here? I mean, it wasn't Leilani levels of of winning, but it was still like. OK, you could just go to the end and say that you did everything and nobody could fact check you. you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> so, 
Uh, moving back to this show, uh, uh, Lawrence says many people could accuse Leilani of being a goat. And then he has to explain to her what that means, which further reinforces why she is indeed a goat. Uh, he wants yeah. to hear what? For a horrible moment when he was, he said, it's not a goat in the way that you think. I thought he was going to say, I mean, greatest of all time. Yeah. And I thought, are you, did I you know. What? I know. <laughs> I have the same feeling. I'm like, wait, where is he going with this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, it, it was essentially the same question yes. to Leilani that Nathan had already asked. So right. I thought it was a, it was a little bit redundant. I thought, yeah. okay, Lawrence, she's not going to win. You don't need to do this to her. <laughs> Just keep pounding it. Um, he wants to hear whether or not, uh, or whether she is or not, and more about her moves in the last week. Uh, she says she lasted over five hours in the challenge, so that shows she's not a goat. No, it doesn't. Uh, and then she says for her moves uh, that, that she got to the end with these two and thought she had the best odds with them. As if, like, she somehow is claiming credit for bringing them along. She, in, she masterminded it all. Yes, instead uh -huh. of them bringing her. Now, she probably did have the best odds with those two as opposed to Hannah and Pegleg. But it also wasn't her choice to make. At least the last three votes would have succeeded without her. She was an extra unnecessary vote, but she congratulates herself on it. So, okay. I, you know, good job. You can congratulate yourself. <laughs> uh, moving on from her, Ashley asked Chris to recap the conversations he had with Lee about the all male alliance. And he starts kind of, going the wrong direction by saying when Leilani came in, the women weren't very happy with how Lee was acting. And Lee jumps in and says he hasn't answered the question and insists he never said anything about an all-male alliance. Uh, which means you know he has been lobbying against Chris the whole jury phase and insisting on his version of this story. Uh, which, by the way, we got a lot of questions about this. So we'll give our thoughts on the Lee versus Chris uh, story at the end here. Uh, so just stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, but anyway, here, Chris says Lee did make a comment about an all-male alliance, but Lee again argues, saying Hannah would have always come ahead of Chris, so he would never say that. Which, even before we get to our whole discussion, that doesn't even mean anything, because... You could say one thing to one person and another to another person, as Matthew described last week. You know, so just because in Lee's own head, Hannah would have always come first doesn't mean he wouldn't have said that there would be an all male alliance. Uh, but of course, Lee never lies. So, you know, we'll we'll just have to take that <laughs> as a given. Um, and uh, so Lee continues as a human being. I don't think you have good morals. Uh, to which I would like to respond right now. Lee, as a survivor player, I don't think you have a clue. <laughs> um, Lee says that he trusted uh, Chris. Other people trusted him and his selfish behavior showed he never should have been trusted. So still, after being there for over a month, half in the game, half in the jury, Lee has no idea how survivor works. <laughs> I mean... I'm not that I'm one to defend Lee. Yeah. I I do still understand 
Wait, you understood. That, that's good. You understood <laughs> Lee. That's a that's a good start. Yeah. First of all, I literally understood him, which was good. Uh, but I'd still understand why he is annoyed at the whole Chris throwing the challenge without telling them he was going to throw the challenge. Like, I'm annoyed yeah. at that too. But to still be holding a grudge about it and then saying you have no morals as a human being yeah. is a is a overkill. So he's he's gone a bit too far. I mean, overkill and going a bit too far pretty much describes Lee to a T here. So. <laughs> All right. Lawrence asks Matthew what he expects the jury to do now that he steamrolled all his best friends. And then also, was he the puppet master or the puppet? Matthew says he wasn't a puppet. It's a game and you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And steamrolled all his best friends. I, again, I just thought, calm down. Like, give, he's, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> he wrote I your mean, name on a piece of paper. Get yeah, a grip. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't steamroll you. <laughs> and then we come to a very interesting part of the tribal council. Uh, Doug lobs a softball at Chris. And Chris doesn't seem to understand that Doug is setting him up to take credit for Matthew's moves. He asks if he got into Matthew's head and Chris starts almost defensively like Doug was trying to blame him, which I mean, is somewhat understandable considering the beating he got a few minutes ago from Lee. But Doug then tries again. And the other thing is, Ashley is like nodding too. like, Look at your best friend, Ashley. She's giving you hints here, you know, and Doug says it's critical to know who caused the vote against Tanuke because it changed the entire landscape of the game. Now, if this were an actual jury trial, at least in the U.S., I presume there's something similar in the U.K., the opposing attorney or barrister would have objected for leading the witness like Doug was practically telling Chris what to say. But Chris still didn't get it. And he says he knew he would have been out unless he voiced his opinion. And he says things like, well, Matthew's his own person. And and so he still doesn't understand what Doug is saying. Matthew, however, does probably because Lawrence just asked him, were you the puppet or the puppet master? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, Matthew jumps in and says, no way. No move involved just one person. So nobody can take full credit for one massive thing. Now, of course, what we saw on TV was indeed that Chris did get into Matthew's head and Lawrence was right there when it happened. But when Chris was given the opportunity to say, yes, I was the mastermind, I controlled things, he didn't say it. But moreover, though, I also don't think it would have made a difference anyway. Like, I, Even if Chris had sort of picked up on what Doug was getting at, I just, I think the jury had made up their mind. Most of them don't really like Chris. I, I really don't think this would have, I, I, I don't think this made much of a difference, actually. Okay, I will withhold my opinion until we get to the questions uh, segment. Uh, okay. Because, uh, again, a lot of people asked about that. Um, <clears throat> so now it's time for the jury to vote for a winner. We don't see any of the votes, which surprises me. Normally, we'll see one or two. And I thought this meant all the votes for were for one person. Because normally, when U.S. Survivor, at least, doesn't show any votes, it means they're all from one person. And they, they want to keep you in suspense for that extra minute. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Joel brings back the voting urn and has the final three stand, which is a bit weird. It's kind of like when the judge is reading a verdict or something <laughs> like that. You know, will the defendant please rise? Uh, he reads the votes. Matthew, Chris, Leilani, Matthew, 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 and Matthew wins. Congratulations to Maddie. Yay. And that would be Matthew, the player, not <laughs> you, the co-host. Me too. I yes. won in a way. Yes, somehow. you did. You did. <laughs> um, those who voted for Matthew, we do see, accredited uh, him with turning against his own friends for the good of the game. Um, and so, of course, as you mentioned earlier, Tanuke was the vote for Leilani. I'll have thoughts on that. And Ashley, of course, was the vote for Chris. Um, Joel puts a winner's medallion on him. No, Matthew, that is not a thing. I don't know. <laughs> even before you could ask, I, I don't know where the hell that came from. I, actually, in a twist, I wasn't going to ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was I like, just thought, what oh, is he doing? Nice. And I also thought, oh, that's a... Uh, sort of uh, presumptuous and ambitious of them that it said 2023 on it. I thought, you've not been recommissioned for a new season yet. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that's interesting, and I mean, well, okay, let me finish this and then I'll I'll get to that because after a few words from Matthew, it's over. Um, Other versions of Survivor usually have some sort of reunion at the end. But I guess not for this one. I guess I guess BBC was like, that's it. It's done. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You mean like a like like Traitors US reunion where they get yes. all the contestants together in a studio or something? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, Pre-COVID, that's what they would do. They mm-hmm. had like for the US Survivor, they had massive uh, reunions. They would take over like the old David Letterman Theater back when it was that or or other theaters in New York or L.A. They'd have, you know hundreds and hundreds of people there and uh, they'd have big parties afterwards because back in the day I went to several of these I was in the audience I snuck into the post finale parties um, and so it was a, a big big deal once COVID hit they stopped doing that and they had the reunions immediately afterwards which is not nearly as fun because first of all you've got the finalists who haven't eaten for you know a month And they really just don't want to be there anymore, especially the second place person and third place person who just lost a million dollars in those cases. Um, But no, there's the host questioning them and everything. Plus, they didn't get to see how it played out on TV. Uh, So the post ones are more fun. Um, But any sort of reunion is at least a little fun in my mind. Uh, like, I would have loved to see Chris and Lee go back at it again. Um, now that the game wasn't on the line. Like, what's Lee? Yeah. What's Chris going to say to him now that the game is over? Like, you know, uh, you stupid little man. You ruined my chances. <laughs> you know, I don't think Chris would have said that. I would have. But um, and then Lee would have been like, like, take it outside. Uh, but <laughs> we'll have a boxing competition. Um, but. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. So, I, you know, like I said, I was surprised about that. Um, but you mentioned that the, you know, uh, Survivor 2023, you know, it's interesting because this is the only version of the show 
other than the U.S. that doesn't identify itself on the show according to its country of origin. So, uh, yeah. So, like, Survivor is typically just U.S. Survivor. Uh, Australian Survivor calls itself Australian Survivor. South African Survivor called itself South African Survivor. New Zealand Survivor, same thing, or Survivor New Zealand. You know, some of them put it in front, some in the end. Survivor UK, despite the fact that it's the hashtag Survivor UK, just calls itself Survivor. And so, you know, they're like, no, we're just Survivor and we're in the UK. So there. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> we're too important to yes. have to put UK after it. Yeah. <laughs> How absurd. Yeah, except in the hashtag where it has to be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah. Um all right, so now we have those listener questions that we mentioned. Um, Survivor UK revived, Ali F and Nine Vicman, uh, all of whom have uh, been, uh, you know, consistent question askers, consistent, uh, uh, consistently interacted with us on Twitter. So we appreciate that. We also especially appreciate Survivor UK revived who has done a great job of helping to you know promote the show and all things associated with it including us uh, so they all asked a similar question uh which was you know related to do we think chris talked himself out of the win by answering doug's question before you know in the way he did or were most people's mind already made up uh, another version was, was Doug trying to throw Chris a bone to take credit for Matthew to flip? Would anything have changed? Uh, and, you know, why didn't Chris tell the jury it was his idea to vote out Tanuke? And how many more votes could he have earned if he had done so? Uh, so between all those, you already partially answered that. Uh, I do think that Chris could have earned votes, at least from Doug and Lawrence, if he had understood that he needed to take credit for the move mm. um you know by not doing that he made it that much easier for matthew to win because at least doug and lawrence they knew what had happened there. they just wanted chris to claim credit for it to say yes this was a purposeful move that i did but i think chris was so beaten up by people attacking him for the moves that he did make and as much as you know, Chris did a good job of playing, he's not a survivor expert. He did not really understand the game as a whole. And again, we saw that in part, I mentioned, you know, he he took credit for winning all those challenges. And that's people don't really care that you won a bunch of reward challenges. They cared in the game, but not at the end. Yeah. And so I just don't think he knew what the jury was looking for. And didn't understand what Doug's question was. Uh, and so I do think if he had answered it correctly, he could have gotten those two. That still would have only given him three votes. I still think he would have lost unless somehow, you know, could he have swung Nathan if he had convinced Nathan? It's slightly possible, but I don't think so. I, I think it was a very uphill climb for him because i think lee had been poisoning the jury against him for the entire time yeah i think so too the the fact that for the past two or three episodes i've been saying i don't think chris will win i mm -hmm. don't think people like him 
uh, yeah, I think that just to me it suggests they were never going to pick him no matter what he said here. I I think he would have had a very difficult time turning them around. And what you just mentioned, he he'd had that argument with Lee. I I think even if Chris had answered Doug and said yes, actually I masterminded that. Some of the jury just wouldn't have believed it and thought he's still just sort of lying to us. Uh, so I don't think it would have worked. Uh, yeah, I, hmm. I think uh, I, I really by by the end of episode fifteen, I assumed Matty would now win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, a tough spot. It would have been interesting to see if he had been able to answer that correctly you know, what, what the outcome would have been, but we'll never know. Um, so other questions that, uh, were asked of us, Ali again, asked in a non-bitter jury, how would the votes play out with the same finalists? And that's, that's hard to say. I'm not a fan of calling juries bitter. Uh, although if anyone deserves the title, it's obviously Lee, although maybe, (laughs) maybe delusionally angry is a better term for Lee. Um, but, I mean, jury uh, Tanuki, I think, is pretty better as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's a whole discussion among the Survivor fandom is is a bitter jury a real thing. Uh, but in the end, the whole point of these games is in the end, you have to win over the jury. Yeah. And if you have done stuff to make the jury angry at you, is that your fault as the player or their fault as the jury? I think. In this case, it's a combination of both. And we have a lot of people here who don't who still don't understand what Survivor is. And so, I mean, Lee, I, I, I think if you ask Lee today, he still would not understand what Survivor is. Um, but. Yeah, so how would the votes play out? I, I don't know that there's a way to answer that, because if they were not bitter, if they all understood the game moves and everything. I, I don't know, because I mean, that's that's a whole different parallel reality uh, that that, you know, it, it really just depends. It goes back to what in some ways what we were saying, who are they crediting? Are they crediting Chris or are they crediting Matthew? And so in a non bitter jury, if Chris still answers the way he did, I think Matthew still wins. Yeah. So. And I think there's a this sort of raises a broader question, which is, and you you used the phrase a moment ago. You said something about not under the jury not understanding how the game of Survivor works or something mm-hmm. like that. And it to me it raises the the question of what what are what is the jury's actual criteria? Is it a set thing? I don't think it is. I I think. A jury, I, and again, I, I've only watched Survive UK now. I, st- mm-hmm. I still haven't seen any other versions of it. But I don't think there is a correct way for the jury in a game like this to decide who their winner is. So it it could be quite easy to say, oh, it's it's all about strategy and tactics and gameplay. But no one is telling them that's how they have to make their decision. They they can make their decision however they want. So if if they want to vote for the nicest person, that's their prerogative. Uh, and I, uh, so 
the, but, I mean, to the original question, you know, if it wasn't a bitter jury, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's the same answer as you gave. I don't think it's necessarily about them being bitter. It's about what they value as a reason to vote someone the winner. Yeah. And if, if their reason is personal and emotional and I don't like that person there's there's no one telling them they're not allowed to vote that way and there's there's no rule I, as far as I know there's not a rule book that is handed to them saying as a juror here is your job and you must adhere to these mm-hmm. instructions so they can do whatever they want <laughs> yeah and you're right I mean there is there is no specific rule book I mean I would say they are encouraged to and I don't know how they would be encouraged I, I think they the the fact that it's a game should encourage them to vote for the best player of the game. Um, yeah. I certainly encourage and and would say that that is the correct way to interpret it. Um, but I also recognize that if someone comes out and is a complete a-hole to everyone, you're not going to vote for them. And that's happened. There was a guy in U.S. Survivor, Russell Hance. OK, he came out and he was the biggest asshole. <laughs> he he just and he made it to the end against uh, a, a, a young woman that he did not give any credit to. He insulted her along the way. Um, he, you know, he in his mind and mostly did dragged her along. Uh, and then the jury hated him so much that they voted to give it to her instead. And he was like, ah, I've been robbed. And uh, so he was very upset about that. And then there was a returnee player season immediately after that. And this guy was such a TV star that before his show even aired, Survivor put him back on the island again with all these other returnees who did not know him because they had not seen his season yet because it has not aired. And so he played the same way. And he was a jerk and he backstabbed and everything else. And he made it to the end. Now that was a final three. And in that final three, there was one woman who played with him and one woman who played against him. Uh, And they gave it to the one who played against him. Um, Now, I think she deserved it, too. There was a huge debate in the survivor community. Uh, And as a matter of fact, both of those two women are on the next season of U.S. Traders. Uh, So we will get to see them face off against each other because they still sometimes go at it against each other on Twitter even today. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, more than 15 years later. So um, so they. So, yes, this debate has been ongoing for many, many a year. And uh, it's it it, um, it it it's just, yeah, OK, we want to give for the best player, but player of what? And this is why, you know, when I talk about my survivor rules for winning. Yes, the first one is to scheme and plot, but also there's play the social game, pretend to be nice you need to to do that so people don't hate you. And I I I think Chris was generally nice, but he didn't, you know, fully mend all his fences with people. And so that 
you know, people, like you said, they get to choose how they want to do it. Um, and it's not like Matthew didn't do anything. It's not like they all voted for for uh, for Leilani here. You know, they they voted for Matthew, someone who did play the game, someone who expressed to us in confessionals an understanding of the game. So I think he had that good combination of gameplay and social skills, uh, which I also discuss in my mini why Matthew won uh, video. Uh, So anyway, getting back to the questions, Allie had a few more. One of them is Matthew. What are your overall impressions of the game in this season as a newbie? Uh, my that's a huge question. <laughs> that's a huge question. Probably should have saved that one. Do you want to save that one till the very end there? Okay. Uh, so, uh, let me uh just uh move that move that somewhere here. Um. So Ali also asked. Uh, uh, you've discussed how the UK audience doesn't like game players in reality TV. Uh, Matthew, do you think or how much would Survivor change that in the future? Do you think that this is having an impact on UK viewers? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, firstly, it's... I don't mean to brag, but I think this ended the way that I predicted it would. Not I, not the player. I predicted Doug would win, and then I predicted Taruki would win, and then I predicted Pegleg would But I predicted that it would end with the jury picking based on who they liked and thought was a nice person, and mm-hmm. they did. Uh, so I'm not surprised at that, which is why I said a few minutes ago, when it got to the final um, mm-hmm. four, I thought, okay, Matty's going to win. Um, has it? Do I think it will change? Yeah. I, if there is another season of Survivor UK, then I could see new contestants playing it differently. And and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they've watched this one, you never know. <laughs> we might get another yeah. batch of people who have no idea what it is. Um, or the producers might deliberately cast people who just... haven't seen it. Um, which is what I think is probably going to happen with the new season of traitors actually that they, they will have cast very carefully I, I don't think they want to cast a bunch of experts anyway um so but is it going to change the the landscape of british tv and how the viewing public uh see strategy and gameplay uh no not really we're trying. We're trying between the <laughs> Traders UK and Survivor UK. They're they're making little little. They're taking little chips out of the uh, the the block of uh, anti uh, the, the anti strategy wall. There, you know. I bet, but even I, I think even Chris Chris was sort of given this villainous edit. I think mm-hmm. so. I think we were supposed to be happy that he didn't win. And again, I I like yeah. I think he seems like a fun, nice guy. Like yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with him at all. But I think they tried to, uh, yeah, portray him as this sort of scheming, conniving, bad guy. And even in I know a different show, but Traitors UK for series, the uh, I, I'll try not to spoil it. The winner or winners of Traitors UK season one were kind of nice and maybe accidentally yes. won and 
the public loved it and were like, hooray, this person slash people won. Weren't they nice? Oh, what a happy ending. So And at least one person <laughs> during that season basically gave up the ghost because they couldn't be as schemy and strategic as they wanted to be. Yeah. So, so. I don't know if this is really changing people's yeah. viewing habits and attitudes that much. Yeah. All right. Um, so Ali also gave uh, their overall impressions. Uh, they were hoping for a rats and snakes type speech to bring the season to another level. Now, you have no idea what that means. Yes, uh, I saw that question on Twitter and I thought, surely David will be explaining this to me. Uh, so at the end of the first season of U.S. Survivor, uh, there was uh, Richard Hatch against uh, Kelly and Richard was the schemer and Kelly had started scheming, but then suddenly partway through the game decided scheming was bad and was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And they tried to get rid of her, but she kept winning challenges. So she ended up there at the end. And one of the people that when she was scheming still, she had backstabbed her friend Sue. And so Sue was not having any of this nonsense about her being against uh, scheming. And so she got up and she gave a whole speech about, uh, I mean, it was a very long speech, but, you know, there are snakes on this island and there are rats on this island. And, you know, uh, Rich, you're the snake and and Kelly, you're the rat. And it's only right that, uh, you know, things uh, in this game should end the way nature intends it and the snake should eat the rat. <laughs> and uh um and she also as part of her speech said uh kelly if i if i see you dying of thirst on the road one day in the future i will pass you by and i will not help you and it was just, jesus sue yeah exactly <laughs> um so yes it was what a hell of a reality tv moment especially you know in the first season of u.s survivor um so, yes, I did not expect a speech like that from this crew, uh, but <laughs> it would have been funny if someone had come up with one. Um, but anyway, Ali continued, Chris definitely played a better game by far, but Matthew sold his story better. And again, I, I think it comes back to what I said, playing a better game in what way? Because part of playing the game is getting the jury to be on your side. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a big part of playing a better game. So, you know, it's hard to say. Scheming-wise, strategy, did Chris play a better game? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but overall game, I understand why they voted for Matthew, especially, you know, after that, you know, flub at the end of the final Tribal Council. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm going, I'm sort of going back a, a little bit here, but I don't think it's, fit. you know, we talked about Doug asking Chris, did, mm -hmm. was it your plan to get Matthew yeah. to vote for and, and I sort of think all of that doesn't even matter because Matthew, you know, Chris didn't make Matthew do anything. Right. It was still Matthew's decision to make. And and in that episode, we saw him struggling with that. And and, if, and he, he could have quite easily ignored that plan and voted for someone else, but it, it was his decision and he did decide to vote out Tanuki and he felt bad about it, but he, he did realise... Okay, maybe with encouragement from other people, but he did come to the conclusion himself. Oh, shit! This is what I'm going to have to do now. I just didn't realize it until now. So I think he—it's fine for him to have credit for that. 
Yeah, I mean, I still would give credit to the person who convinced him because he did not. Well, especially since in a way at the time, it appeared to be convincing him against his own interest because he did not realize where he was on the hierarchy. You know, as as we recall, there was a whole discussion about hierarchies and Matthew's first response was, ah, there are no hierarchies. Um, and now whether he was just BSing Chris or not, we don't know. But, um, you know, it would he have won against Tanuke and Nathan? No, no, he wouldn't have. Uh, I think Tanuke probably would have won because she would have been seen as the mastermind if those three had made it to the end together. Um, but, you know, so. It was in his own interest, but Chris definitely, from what we saw, got him to realize it was in his own interest. Uh, but Matthew made the counterpoint, much like you just did, that it takes more than one person to make a move like that. And so, yeah, he, he you know, I mean, <laughs> even Chris accidentally gave him the right answer, which was, uh, well, he's his own person. It's like, oh, Chris, you're arguing the wrong way here. <laughs> it's the argument Matthew should be making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so one more uh, question from Ali. Considering Tanuke is a super fan, I thought she would have more respect for the game than voting for Leilani. Uh, and actually, there's two more questions. I just had them combined as one. Um, so I think we have to remember that, yes, Tanuke is a fan. The question is, what kind of fan? And I think we addressed this when Tanuke was voted off. You know, yes, yeah, she went back and she watched the seasons and stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily make you that can make you a fan of the show without making you a super fan, quote unquote, of the game. And so I but that said, yeah, I was also very disappointed for that exact reason with Tanuki. It's like one of the very few people who actually watches the game and should understand the game. And she votes for Leilani. Um, I think it's just that she was still mad at Matthew and didn't want to vote for him, but also didn't want to vote for Chris. So remember we talked about those burn votes that Leilani threw out before. I yeah. think this was her version of a final burn vote. I do too. I uh, my immediate reaction was it was a bit petty, and mm -hmm. I thought at least Na even Nathan relented and just voted for Matthew and said yeah. something nice about him. And I uh, yeah, I got. I I just wonder maybe amongst the jury. I mean, we we are seeing a careful edit, mm -hmm. and they want to present us with an episode that makes it look like it could be Chris and it could be Matthew. Right. We don't know which one, but actually maybe in reality, it was completely obvious Matthew was going to win. So maybe Leilani, uh, sorry, maybe Tanuki just sort of thought he's going to win anyway. It might just be nice for Leilani to at least receive one vote. Right. Uh, just, you know, and a, and a, that's a nice sort of friendly gesture. So I thought maybe she she was just she was just trying to be nice to Leilani. And the two of them, at least from Leilani's viewpoint, the two of them were super close friends during the game. Leilani still at the time not having realized that she was supposed to be voted out at that tribal council. But um, but, you know, so, yeah. Now, the thing is, in U.S. Survivor, that would have been an actual monetary hit to Chris. 
because the two of them would have split a combined oh, second yeah. and third place instead of like Chris, if he had gotten the if he had been the only one to get a vote in addition to Matthew, Chris would have gotten more money. Mm-hmm. But now they're tied for second, so they have to split the combination of second and third. So uh, but in this case, we think that doesn't matter. And then one more question from Allie. I wonder how Lee is going to look back on early episodes after accusing Chris of lying about the all-male alliance. And yeah, so here is, you know, we had talked about this before. First of all, I don't think Lee is going to look back on it in any way because I don't think (laughs) Lee thinks that way. Um, But second of all, was he lying? I think Lee will say to this day he was not lying. I think that what Chris heard and what we heard was something like, we need to keep all the men together. We need to vote out the women. We need to, you know, men have a, what was the, what was the he, term? Men have you, a more natural, uh, hold he on. Did I have use- the word alliance as well. So we, we looked back at our notes. He said he feels more of an alliance with the men, which is not exactly the same thing as we need to create a male alliance. Right. Yeah, but if you hear the word men and alliance together, I think it is a natural presumption to think all male alliance. Yeah. Uh, and just his overall viewpoint throughout the whole thing was he had said things like, you know, Lee said, you know, Lee being like, oh, it's not sexist. It's just true that we need the men because they're stronger physically, you know, and and yeah. and stuff like that. And the men need to stick together. And so. And what's what's when I look back at my notes here from that episode, <laughs> what's funny is I've written uh, the fact they're including this in the edit makes me think they're building a narrative here. And I was right. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> It mattered. It came back. Yes. Yes. Uh, So. I mean. Would I say he was lying? Lying is a difficult word. Lying suggests intent. Uh, I think in in Lee's mind, he was never doing an all male alliance because, like he said, Hannah was close to him. Uh, And at the time, uh, Ren was close to Doug. And so, you know, going back that far. Did he still say things that made it sound that way? Yeah, it sh- he sure did. And so I think that when you're on Survivor, things happen. Uh, we've seen it on the traders, too, where one person will say something, another person will slightly mishear it, jump on it, and go on and on about it for weeks. But, uh, or I guess on the show itself, days, but to mm-hmm. us, it's weeks. Um, and so things like that happen. Was he outright lying? I would have to go back and review all of everything. So if someone's listening and there's a specific time when he said that, please let me know. Let us know. And we will change our view on it. Uh, It doesn't need much of a change. But, you know, to say outright lying, because I know already on social media, there's a lot of discussion. He's lying. He's lying. (sighs) You know, as as Matthew said, this Matthew, not Matthew, the winner, uh, (laughs) said, you know, we're not one for uh, defending uh, Lee here. I just I, I don't think he's outright lying. I just think he totally didn't understand how he came across. Because like I said, he was like, I'm not sexist. 
it's just the truth that men are better, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's the type of guy he was where he would say stuff like that without realizing how it sounded. Yeah. Um. So now, do I think that he was still do I think he could ever reflect upon his own words and see how it could have happened that way? No, I, I don't think he has the ability within the game to have that type of self-reflection. So I think he was probably bashing Chris the entire time in the jury and saying, he lied about me. He lied about me. Uh, rather than acknowledging, well, maybe he misunderstood something yeah, I said. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, you know, that's where we are now with that. Um, all right. Uh, continuing questions. Uh, also, I know that uh, Matthew has uh, an Instagram question. Yes, uh, I have a question from Maria. And, and we're going back a little bit here. Um, I think that's okay. Uh, so this is a question about uh, an earlier episode. Uh, she asks, uh, there was an immunity challenge where a few others let Doug win. So I think it was the challenge where they were standing on a post. There were oh, lots yeah. of challenges where they were standing on a post. But... They were standing, holding up the vase, which yes. uh, US Survivor did a very similar version of this past week, except they replaced ah. the vase with a ball. Okay, it was that one. Uh, and Maria just asked, is this normal practice? It seemed unusual to me to let someone win a challenge. It's not uncommon in some situations. It, it just depends if you're aligned and if you don't want to, you know, draw attention to yourself a little bit and want to let someone else win. Then it's it's not terribly uncommon. It's it's much more common in U.S. Big Brother, uh, where it seems like sometimes more people are throwing than are actually playing. Mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely happened before. You know, they're all standing up there. They all don't want to waste their energy. The people they want out are already out. And so, um, you know, they all look around and go, eh, OK, we can just end this now. Because at the time we had talked about if I were Lee, I would have been very suspicious of this. It's like the minute he gets out, they're like, OK, let's end this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I would not say it's uncommon. I wouldn't say it's terribly common either. Okay. So, all right. Next uh, Twitter question is uh, back again from nine Vic man. Was Ashley trying to help Chris with a question about the Lee vote and did it backfire? So we talked about Doug trying to help Chris. I do think Ashley in retrospect, I didn't catch it at the time, so thank you for this. I do think Ashley was trying to help Chris, like basically telegraphing to Chris, hey, Lee's been saying all this crap about you. You need to have your side put out there. And again, Chris didn't get it. Chris, you know, I mean, because he couldn't have understood that Lee was saying all these things uh, because he had his perception of what happened and Lee had his own perception. And so did it backfire? I don't know that it backfired because I think Lee wasn't going to sit there quietly anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lee didn't sit there quietly when the rule said he was supposed to sit there quietly. So, <laughs> um, so I think that it was going to come out. This at least gave Chris a slight chance to get ahead of it. Chris just didn't understand what was coming there. Uh, uh, another question from Nine Vic Man. You had mentioned a few weeks ago that the reasons for wanting to vote someone out Nope, nope, that's me. Ah, okay, that was the last one. <laughs> uh, um, or was this? Let me see here. 
No, that is me. Okay, I just messed up in my notes here. So yeah, I think that's it for the uh, the other um, uh, uh, questions that uh, uh, we got online. So if anyone else asks them and we miss them, I apologize. Uh, sometimes Twitter doesn't always inform me when I get a, a mention, or we might have started recording before the question came in. We were going to return to a question, though. We were. I have we were... not got we going... to that yet. So okay, okay, okay. Um, so I <laughs> wanted so to excited. ask you. Yes, I wanted to ask you. So this question that I thought was from Nine Vicman was actually from me to uh, you. Okay. Uh, so you had mentioned a few weeks ago that the reasons for wanting to vote someone out seemed to change, like it happened at the merge. As we approached the end game, it happened again because the people you had wanted to get out because you didn't like them became people you wanted to keep because other people didn't like them and vice versa. So a perfect example, Chris and Leilani, did you see that happening as, it, uh, you know, as this was taking place? Yeah, definitely. And and actually this is, this was going to be my final question to you as well okay. about, the, about this very thing. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, does this, always happen at the end because basically the, the last five people to be voted out were I think the last five so it was Doug Tanuki uh, Nathan Pegleg Hannah and they were all five sort of front runners or popular people or likely winners and so yeah after Doug's voting out it just became this pattern to me of oh from here on in it's just the strongest player who gets voted out or the most likely to win player that gets voted out. And yeah, so I definitely noticed that and it made me think, A, is this what always happens towards the end? And B, if there's another season of Survivor UK, will it happen again here? Uh, so... Yeah, I guess I guess I'm. I my answer is yes. I noticed that actually there becomes this pattern at the end, or they're dead in this mm -hmm. season. But my question back to you is: is that typical? Yes. Yeah, it is very typical because yeah, you want to vote out once it starts getting down to it. You want to vote out the people who can beat you at the end. Uh, the same thing has been happening on the U current U.S. Survivor season, where it's like people are looking around and going, "Huh." All these people I've been working with can uh, can beat me here. Now I have to turn on them. And so it happens all the time. I call it the uh, the threat domino effect. You know, as soon as you can get uh, to a certain point, but then eventually someone's like, huh, that person's a threat. We need to vote them out. And then once that happens, everybody goes, oh, now the next person's a threat. Now the next person's a threat. And yeah. the row of dominoes falls. Even Joel pointed that out after they got rid of peg leg. He's like, well, you voted out the biggest threat. Now the question is, who's the biggest threat remaining? Yeah. Uh, and That's so the exact image I had was dominoes yeah. falling yes. or a, like a hierarchical shooting range. Like yes. you shoot one person down, the next person comes around yeah. and it looks to the top. And so I have had an ongoing debate with a U.S. survivor player who believes that big threats should all stick together and make it to the end together and then fight it out at the end. And he thinks that they should just, you know, that this is the best way for the big threats to win. They should stay together. And that's a great idea if people in Survivor were trustworthy. 
Um, but they're not. And that's the problem. So if if you could somehow get three huge threats. And they all trusted each other 100 percent. And they said, we are going to go to the end together and we will just fight it out at the end to see who wins at the end. Okay, you could see that happening, but who's ever going to trust them? Every one of them is going to think, oh, they're just saying that, and then they're going to come after me before we get there. So every one of them is looking at the others. Every threat is looking at the other threats saying, when are they going to come after me? I need to come after them one time sooner. And that even happened on this season of U.S. Survivor. Uh, There's a group of four that was dominating the game. And they had an agreement to make it to the final six and then potentially turn on each other. That's a whole different discussion. Uh, but, uh, but one of them looked at it and said, well, if she's going to make a move on me in the final six, I need to make a move against her in the final seven. So he did. And so that started this whole chain reaction of events. That's too complicated to go into here, but, uh, but yeah, everybody's always looking for the advantage. You want to get, out the other person before they get you out. And I mean, that's what Matthew did. You know, he was like, oh, they're going to get me out eventually. I have to get them out now. So, yes, it is a very typical thing. And you want to get to the end with people you can beat. It's all nice and moral to say, well, if all the threats make it to the end, we can just fight it out. And it does make some sense if you know you're a threat who would otherwise just be voted out and you wouldn't even have a chance. But a better way is to vote out all the other threats and somehow not make yourself into one. Um, What that has become is, especially in recent seasons of U.S. Survivor, all the threats knock each other out, and then the lower threats come along, and one of them wins the game. This has been going on for years. So you want to be some sort of, like, middle-level threat. You don't want to be a Leilani (laughs) <laughs> but you don't want to be a Doug or a Nathan or a Tanuke either. Yeah. So, or a peg leg. A Matthew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really do. Um, so. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So there was that final question. Uh, what are your overall impressions of the game and this season as a newbie? So, and again, it's, it's a very big question, but what I'll say is I de- my perception of it really changed as the season went on. Um, at, you know, for the first half, maybe, I still saw it very much as a... I, I, I mentioned these other shows in the first couple of episodes that there, were, there was a show in the UK called Shipwrecked, a, a reality show about people on an island... And there was a show called Castaway on the BBC. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just thought Survivor was kind of like that. It was, oh, it's people on an island and they're doing fun activities. Um, and then they vote out the person they don't care about the most and off they go. But it was only really the second half that I saw the real gameplay of it and the strategy. And I understood, oh, this is why it's fun and exciting. This is why there's a whole community of people. This is why David has rules on a poster. I get it now. <laughs> oh, there's a system here. And and of course, I'm just watching one season. I'm sure as, 
if I watch more, I'll, you know, be able to expand my knowledge and the way that I see it, and I'll see lots of different examples of how things can play out. But yeah, towards the end of this, I thought, oh, I get it now. I it's exciting seeing how the way they vote changes as the game goes on, um, especially after they merge. And I, and I thought the finale, well, both of the finale episodes, I thought they were really exciting. Um, and the last four or five tribal councils, beginning with that big twist of Doug being voted out, I thought, oh, this is really this is more exciting than just, oh, someone's going to go home. Oh, look, they got some votes. Goodbye. When it became quite either unexpected who was going to go or when you start to realise, oh, playing playing well and being a strong player now is actually a huge disadvantage and that's quite exciting to see them figure that out and for me as a viewer to figure that out, like we just talked about, like mm-hmm. this domino effect... It, so it's it became really interesting to think about that and think, wow, actually it's to go into this game, it's so difficult to figure out, like you said, you, you have to play to the middle. You can't be a strong, obvious front runner. And, and in retrospect, and all those earlier episodes when I was like, Doug's great, Doug's so nice, everyone loves Doug's, he's going to win. Now I realise, oh, Doug probably played it too well and it was his downfall. I hadn't appreciated that at first. Um, so yeah, I, I've i got such a better understanding of the game now and I get why there's a community who debate it and talk about <laughs> it and have rules. It's, it's all started to really make sense to me now. So I, I appreciated that at the end. And it, and it, it makes me want to see more because I want to see all the different ways that the jury might behave at the end and all the different ways, you know, all the different turns that the game could end up taking within this framework. Okay. Well, then I will expect that uh, you will uh, start watching, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the 45 seasons of U.S. Survivor and then yep. uh, uh, and then uh, Australian Survivor, South African Survivor and New Zealand Survivor. <laughs> so I'm starting tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Season one, U.S. Survivor. Here we go. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, now, before we end, I do want to uh, mention some information about the players uh, from their BBC interviews. I'm not going through everyone, uh, but Hannah noted she was a fan of the show, saying Survivor really became my go to TV show to watch during lockdown. I got totally hooked, binge watching season after season. And the more I watched, the more I thought I'd absolutely love to be on that show. Um, uh, moving to Leilani, who was not, <clears throat> to say the least, uh, in response to the question of what qualities Leilani thought she'd bring to the game, one of them was ignorant bliss, which I... <laughs> I cannot argue with. Uh, she later said, I haven't watched Survivor, so I didn't realize there was a psychological aspect to the game. I thought it was just about living right on the beach and competing in physical challenges, so I had no game plan whatsoever. I mean, all of that checks out to me. Of course. You know? <laughs> um, and, and I just want to say, again, I've said this before, whoever you are, if you are cast to go on a TV show, research the show. 
Okay. The winner of the Traders Canada had never seen any of the traders. They were not a fan of reality TV in general. But once they were cast, guess what they told me they did in their interview? They went out and they researched it and they won. You know, I mean, it's like anything else. You know, you're not going to, you know, again, this this goes back to winning the lottery. That's the way some people treat it. Well, if I go in and win, I win. No, research. You're you're playing for a hundred thousand pounds here. Do a little homework. Yeah. Um, anyway, Matthew said, My strategy was to play the social game. As the youngest player, I knew people would underestimate me, but I used that to my advantage. I needed my strategy to be adaptable because I never knew what was going to be thrown at me next. I was there to play and wanted to play with no regrets by being true to myself. Uh, And, of course, we'd heard all this before. And remember, these are the post-game, pre-game interviews. So uh, nothing surprising there. The funniest response to a question, unsurprisingly, came from Pegleg in response (laughs) to being asked what he learned from being on the show. And he said that I can bite my lip and not tell people just how stupid they are. Was that a quote from Pegleg or from yes. you, David? No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I can't buy Not on podcasts, I can't. You know? In real life, it's tough, too. So um, as a matter of fact, I, I will. I've shared this before on my other podcasts, but I will uh, share it again one more time here. Um, when my uh, son was uh, much younger, he got in trouble for uh there was a substitute bus driver and he was in kindergarten and he knew the way home. Uh, but she would not listen to him. Imagine that a full grown adult, not wanting to listen to a kindergartner give directions. <laughs> I mean, he was right and she was wrong, but there you have it. So she was taking this wrong route and he was trying to tell it to her. And so he told her that she was stupid, <laughs> which of course, uh, you know, earned a call from the school to me. And so I went in and talked to him and I said, look, I'm not going to lie to you. You are going to have to deal with stupid people a lot in your life. (laughs) Uh, But you can't tell them they're stupid, (laughs) especially when you're a kid and they're an adult. So, yes, that is the rules to live by. You can't always tell pe- stupid people that they're stupid <laughs> unless you have a podcast and then you can do it. Um, <laughs> so. All right. Well, do you have anything uh, to add here? Uh, I actually I do have another final question. I can't okay. I've, I've not asked you this until now. Would you go on Survivor? So I would have considered going on survivor at one point but survivor would not take me or will not take me i mean at, at earlier in my life uh i was uh um much heavier i had bad knees uh you know there was no way i was going to make it on survivor but then as that aspect of my health improved others uh, did not. And I do not think that Survivor, I, I do not think I would pass the medical test to get on Survivor. Uh, so um, without that, would I go on? Absolutely. Except at this point, people would know who I am. <laughs> 
I mean, there are people out there. There have been people in previous seasons, in recent seasons, out there talking about me like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, we listen to David. Oh, you know, <laughs> um, so if I were out there, especially now that I do it on video, uh, I think people would look at me. And see, I have a tagline on my other podcasts that you've also, if anyone who's watched my mini Why Blank Lost videos have seen, um, I always end with, and that is why whoever lost. I guarantee that in one of the very early votes, potentially the first vote, person after person would go up to the voting booth, write down David, and hold it up to the camera and say, and that is why David lost. <laughs> Just so they could have that moment. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that if you have, uh, you know, as someone who has gotten uh, somewhat, you know, well-known among the survivor community, um, I believe that I would be seen as, a, you know, a threat on top of, I would easily, in almost all seasons, be the oldest player out there. Um, and, you know, am I going to do great in challenges? Eh, probably not. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the elliptical or on the treadmill or whatever, but I'm, you know, I'm not running down the beach and swimming and, and doing all that stuff. So I think there would be plenty of reasons to vote me out in the early goings. Uh, compounded by this guy literally wrote rules on how to win Survivor instead <laughs> of him. Yes, that that might make you the number one threat. Yes, and that's not going to work. I no. now know this. I know. I've see. I've learned. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it would still be fun uh, to try. I just, uh, I you know, like I said, first of all, I don't think I could get on, uh, but. Uh, the other thing is I've said enough uh, critical things about the uh, uh, Survivor U.S. host that I don't think he would be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so. so, all right. Well, if anyone wants to reach out to let me know what you think, uh, I am all over social media and reality TV podcasting. I am uh, still podcasting about U.S. Survivor on the Rob Has a Podcast Network with, of course, the show being Why Blank Lost. And, of course... We had been podcasting here about the Traders Canada, uh, but, you know, that's a couple weeks ago. We covered the finale and interviewed the winner. So anyone who hasn't listened to that yet definitely should. Uh, we're still working on getting some additional interviews, but there were a number of different issues with that on my side. Uh, and now that we're quickly approaching the holidays, I don't know that it's going to happen this year. Uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do, but make sure to subscribe so that whenever it does happen, it, you know, it, you automatically get it downloaded for yourself. You can also find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE and link tree. Or you can find me on most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. Uh, threads has finally allowed hashtags, one hashtag per post. Uh, and so we're trying to get like survivor and survivor UK going there a little bit. Uh, now that people can actually find each other, but, uh, I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well, because threads is connected to Instagram. Now, speaking of Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I post usually three or four reality TV short videos on those sites every day. Uh, 
past few days, I've been sick. It's only been two. Sorry. Uh, you know, right now, they're a combination of U.S. Survivor, Survivor UK, Big Brother Reindeer Games, and whatever else I can find. Uh, as we head to the holidays, I will be doing some lookbacks into times. You know, when there's when there's downtime, I will be doing like, oh, this happened on this previous season of Survivor or Big Brother. But of course, there's not going to be a whole lot of downtime because the Traders UK and then the Traders US are starting up in very short order in January. So there'll be like a week of downtime. Yes. So... Uh well, yeah, speaking of that, uh, this podcast is usually dedicated to the Traitors. And like David just said, the new season of Traitors UK is beginning in just over two weeks, the 3rd of January. We now have a trailer, BBC trailer. Uh, Claudia Winkleman, the host, has teased some changes to the game. Uh, so it's it's on its way, and you can keep up to date with any updates on the traitors uh, on Instagram and YouTube at the Trader Podcast, or on X or Twitter at the Trader Pod, or you can email me at the Trader Podcast at gmail dot com. Yes, and also, uh, if you'd like to help support the costs of publishing this podcast, uh, you can drop Matthew a. A few pounds uh, at uh, coffee.com. Uh, that's ko fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. Now it occurred to me, why is this not like tea.com? I mean, this is British, you know? I mean, it should buy you a tea, <laughs> not buy you a coffee. It absolutely should. I actually hate coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's why for my own coffee.com, I changed it to buy me a hot cocoa because uh, so, I don't drink coffee either. So. You should change that to buy me a tea. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, other than that, I think uh, we're rounding this out. We're we're going to look into possibly having some interviews for uh, for this show, too. Again, that would probably be into the new year there. So who knows? Uh, it's going to be a very busy, uh, traitorous uh, uh, time there. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, Matthew, but uh, I don't know that exactly how the Tradar is going to cover the, the show has been worked out yet, other than there's going to be a lot of coverage of the show. Yes, I've not figured it out either. Uh, <laughs> but it will happen somehow, yes, somewhere. That's right. So uh, all we know is that Matthew will definitely be back. I'll be back in some form. Uh, and then, you know, especially with the U.S. coming in as well. And, uh, it, you know, between the two of us, we will definitely see you around. So make sure you subscribe here and, uh, you know, we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot for listening. We have really enjoyed this. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.